sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. For many Catholics, the bread and butter of our faith, the thing that we do most often, is the Mass. But what exactly is the Mass? Where did it come from, and why do we do it? That's what we're going to be talking about today on Ignition. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into the Mass, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. I'm joined in the studio for, I think, a record-breaking number of times. I don't even here. know how many it's been it's in a like row It's like Michael now, Phelps winning eight golds at the Only uh, it was Beijing that awesome. Ah. <laughs> wow. That, that's true. You're right. Yeah. That'd uh, be pretty awesome. Renee Kranz. Hi, Renee. Hi. Real quickly, Renee, who are you? Why should we care? Uh, well, I you can care if you want. <laughs> Why should we care? Uh, well... Um, Renee Kranz, I am the editor of the Bishop's Bulletin for the Diocese, uh, director of communications, um, married to Ryan for 19 years, been in Sioux Falls 16 years, 16 years, uh, South Dakota native. How about that? Sounds good. Renee, we're going to start, uh, not with the topic of the mass. Uh Oh, why are you doing this? Why am I doing what? Ignition. Because you asked me to. Yes, but why do you say yes? <laughs> I, because I feel sorry for you. <laughs> no, no, that's not it. <laughs> um, probably a sense of obligation that I feel like if you ask me, I should say yes. Okay. And uh, that's good to know. Sheer so just dumb for the, curiosity. <laughs> for, I would unpack the second answer, uh, but I'm gonna. So I'm glad to hear that. Whenever I ask you to do things, you're going to do them out of a sense. I didn't of say I was going to do them all the time. Uh, sheer dumb curiosity. Say more about dumb that. Curiosity. Uh, isn't it why people listen? Sheer so, dumb so curiosity. So why do people listen? Uh, well, okay, so I'm sort of acting as the audience, and I feel like the audience needs to have a representative here sitting in front of you. It's a good idea. So they cannot have to take the brunt of your questions. That's true. I will do it for them. That's, you are very, <laughs> what a, what's the... Uh, Astute? That's that's the word I want. <laughs> Bill's laughing hysterically at that. Scapegoat. What a kind oh, scapegoat, scapegoat you are. That was not the same. <laughs> I'm your host, Dr. Chris Burgo. I'm going to set your faith ablaze. Why do we want to set people's faith ablaze, Renee? I, I, I go on to say why, but... So they can be fantastic missionary disciples. And why, I know you don't say that. Why would, the, why would that be of value? Because Jesus told us to. Oh, because he said so. Jesus said so. But he wants us to spread his message so that everyone or as many as possible will be saved. Will get to spend time in heaven with him. Time, all time. So, oh, not just some time. (laughs) We're going to get to today's topic, but I, so I've got to, I really, we're going to go a little further down this rabbit rabbit hole. hole. (laughs) So, uh, if you're not Catholic, you can't be saved. Oh, no, you, you can okay, be. Okay, so then why be missionary disciple? So why, why do you want to set people's faith ablaze? You, you want to set people's faith ablaze so they can be missionary disciples to other mm-hmm. people. Why? Because the fullness of the truth that God revealed resides in the Catholic Church. 
So it is, in theory, your easiest path to heaven. Okay. I'm not sure okay. if it really okay. is I'll, I'll, for some I'll, of us, but I, not, right. you can tell me if I'm totally no, no, off that's, base. That's, that, that, that's good. <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. Um, I want to pivot a little bit here. Tell Why me where you want to go and I'll... For, no. <laughs> Why? Why for you? Why what for me? Uh, I, I was just going to leave it that way. See how you handled it. Um, why do you want your faith to be set ablaze? Do you want your faith to be set ablaze? Mm, yeah. Why? Um, because it'll actually make life more fun. I think more interesting. Why? That there we go. I, why? I think if why? you read the Bible and all the things that Jesus and his disciples did, some of them were a little dangerous and scary, but they were always interesting. They were always. Meeting new people, so the, doing new the, things. The 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 Kranz proposal, you know, like there's the Queen's Gambit. The Kranz proposal, uh, the hypothesis is that um, when your faith is set, the more your faith blazes, the more interesting life I is. think the audience right now is saying, this woman doesn't speak for me. <laughs> <laughs> the scapegoat she is. Is that it? But that, that's that you're, is that? Sure. The, yeah. As I mean, the, so we can, you ask me these questions and I know, isn't it? Yeah. Fun? Yeah, sure. I'm going to stick with that. So I can Prove love it. my family well and oh, other people well. No, yeah, see, then I knew you no, were going to be like, no, <laughs> sorry. No, that's true, but that's. <laughs> so life can be interesting. Inter- and, yeah. So how is the last question along these lines? How has the deepening of your faith made your life more interesting? Uh, well, <clears throat> that's a good question. <laughs> it brought me here to the diocese. Uh, I got to, you a job. Does that to mean you're work like a, a job that I love and that I'm very well suited for that I wasn't working before? So doing those things has brought me a much greater fulfillment in my work life, and then of course that is is going to spill over into the rest of it because obviously that's part of that too. Mm, that's actually some good, of that made no sense. That's but. a good, well, you know, I'm used to that with you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> After, no. as soon as I said, it, I was like, mm, that no, could have been, no, no, that no, could have no. been better. <laughs> no, I like, I like it. And actually that's going to set us up well for next week's episode. Oh, okay. What's next weekend, Renee? 22nd Sunday. No, that's this time. weekend. Next weekend. I don't know. Shoot. Two weeks from now. Well, two weeks is Labor Day. Yes. I was gonna say next but week no, is oh, not Labor yeah, Day. No, no. As people are listening to this, it'll be Labor Day weekend. We're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about work. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. As people, sorry, we're recording this early, um, so yeah, as folks are I'm hearing confused. this next next week's episode is gonna be on Labor Day. We're gonna be talking about work. Okay. We're not talking about work today. We're talking about the what we do the day before the work week <sighs> begins. So I, I, I started off by talking about how the bread and butter butter of our faith is the mass. And I suppose, is there something else you, if you were to think about what's the bread and butter of being Catholic, is there something else out of curiosity that you would, I mean, yeah, I'm Catholic and therefore I, I mean, don't eat fish on Fridays during Lent maybe, or no, I think go to mass. But I think gotta be confession it. maybe, um, Believe in Mary. Yeah, those sorts of things. Believe in Mary. That was um, weird too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you're the one who keeps drawing attention to I know. your weird comments. Stop talking. I just I just let them go. Um the mass. So mm-hmm. I think this I know this is a topic that you're interested in. We've been we've been talking about this actually kind of lately, or at least an aspect of the mass, one of the 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 core dimensions of the mass lately on biblical bites. Mm-hmm. 
the little people, if, if people, because some parts of the listening area may not hear Biblical Bites, what's Biblical Bites? What's it part of? Biblical Bites with Dr. B it's, is part of, of Catholic Views, which is uh, on, on Sunday mornings on uh, Real Presence Radio. So Biblical Bites is a little uh, uh, section that we do with, with Chris that uh, he picks out some little thing from the readings for that weekend yeah. and tells us, uh, usually it has to do with maps. Not for a while. <laughs> Not for a while. Bill. But, it's been a while. But yes, it's all kinds of different things, little tidbits. <laughs> It's usually pretty good. <laughs> That's also a weird usually one that good. I'm drawing attention to. Yes. So what have we been talking about lately? We've been talking about... In addition about, to how much I say so as part of the yes, Bites. We've been talking about John's Gospel uh, 16. Six. 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 16. Is there even a 16? There's John <laughs> okay. chapter 16. but we, Chapter 6. John, the, bread the Bread of Life, of life. Discourse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and what's the connection between John chapter six and our topic for well, today? Gosh, that holds a lot of teachings about the laying the foundations for the Eucharist. Yeah. So, so if somebody may, and I want to speak here, especially, uh, with a specific potential audience member in mind, maybe somebody's listening to this right now, Renee, who's not Catholic or maybe, uh, is Catholic, but not a regular church goer. So maybe the mass being the bread and butter of their faith. Well, maybe not bread and butter because it's not a part of everyday life the way that bread and butter is. We talk about the, the Eucharist. What does that all mean? Like let's, let's kind of stop the inside baseball and speak to maybe people who aren't as familiar with what for Catholics is mm. many Catholics is the bread and butter of their faith. Right. So, so do you have a question in there that you want yeah, me to answer? Or are I, you I thought I asked it? one. But I didn't, yeah, I couldn't tell for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is the Eucharist? Uh, it is the representation of uh, the Last Supper, and um, it's where the priest changes the bread and wine into the body and blood of Jesus, soul and divinity, and we then get to consume him and have Jesus inside us for a little okay. while. So, the great, great, a lot of is things in there to unpack. Yeah, a couple little, <laughs> ee, 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 the I am the audience, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I am just a regular, normal Catholic. So, um, the yeah, the Eucharist can refer to a lot of things, right? So, you described sort of there um, what the Mass as a whole is, and Eucharist right. can refer, but the Eucharist can also refer, refer literally to um, what was, bread and wine and becomes, as you said, the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ. Um, to, to tease out some of the things that you said to unpack them, uh, shed light, clarify. Um, Cause you, you beautifully said that the, the, the Eucharist in the sense of the mass, the mass is the representation that this is one of the things, not just of the last supper, right, but right. also of the crucifixion and resurrection. Yeah, so all of it. It's all, so <laughs> the mass is a representation of everything from the Last Supper through, well, frankly, through the Ascension. Oh, sure. But but we we speak most most often about the Passion, Death, and Resurrection. Right. So it's the representation of the Passion, Death, and Resurrection, which includes the Last Supper and actually extends. Be, so the Paschal Mystery goes beyond that to to the Ascension. I'm going to come back to that though uh, in a little bit. Explain more about what that means. Um. Another question to get at this then. What's the difference between 
the Mass, and a communion service. Like a communion service for another No, no, faith? a Catholic communion. Oh. Okay, let me put this to you this way. <clears throat> What's the difference between Mass, as we experience it uh, every Sunday, and Good Friday's mm-hmm. liturgy? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Good Friday does not go through the Eucharistic prayers and the changing of the bread and wine to body and blood. So it, 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 you, what they do in that service is take, uh, the body and blood of Christ from the day, the night before it's already been transubstantiated. Yep. And they use that in that service. So it's not technically, technically a mask. They don't go through all of that. Right. So, so the the Eucharistic prayer is not prayed. There are no words of consecration. This is my body. This is my blood. Uh, right. So, but Jesus is given to us in communion. Yeah. So what's the difference between? I mean, you just you said what any any what else would you say? Is is there anything else that comes to mind of? Therefore, what's the difference between the mass and a liturgy in which communion is distributed and received? Mm, well, then that wouldn't be a full representation of it, right? So, so it's not a full representation of the Paschal mystery, the Passion, Death, and Resurrection of Jesus Christ. So let's go back to that then. So you use the word representation, Mm -hmm. perfect word. What does it mean, though? That's like trying to uh, define transubstantiate. You aren't going to ask me that, too, are you? (laughs) I I, I won't because you you just asked me not to, but I won't. Um, Representation, presenting again. (laughs) Okay, okay. What does that mean? We're going to talk about that in just a moment, but in case folks are just tuning in and you listen to Ignition, I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, visiting today with Renee Kranz about the Mass. Um, and and my subtitle, by the way, for this episode of Renee is what? You've got it on the sheet in front of you. Does it mean what you think it means? Does it mean what you think it means? Does that sound familiar to you? Yes. From? I, oh, you, you all the time. No, okay. What do you mean? Why? <laughs> Never mind. You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> The mass means more than most of us realize yeah. is what I'm getting. And so representation is what we we're just talking about. Um, and that begins to get at it. So to, he said it means to present again. Yes. So what's can, presented again? Uh, <clears throat> the passion, death, and crucifixion of Jesus. So it's his basically the last supper, especially in that when he offers up his body. That's all represented, but it's representing the sacrifice that Jesus makes for us. So, so we're not, we're not crucifying him again, which is a very key, important thing of distinction. So in the mass, so, and and you keep going back to the last supper, rightly so, because the last supper was in a sense, the first mass it's anticipating uh, what was going to happen the next day where Jesus would literally give his body and blood. If he hadn't done that, the crucifixion would have made zero sense. Right. Right. So in the mass, Jesus, uh, the the sacrifice that Jesus made, his passion, death, and resurrection is represented, meaning, as you said, um, that it's here again. It's not repeated, it's represented. So the mass is, the mass happened what? So we'll do a timeline Mm -hmm. for you here. So we get this right here. Okay. The mass happened back here. Right. In his, uh, sorry, the crucifixion happened 33-ish AD. Mm-hmm. But because Jesus is God, um, in a sense, everything that he did is also outside of time right. and eternity. 
So w- when we say that, that in the mass, uh, the, the sacrifice of Jesus, the whole passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus is represented, what we mean is that that one thing that happened way back here is outside of time and therefore, in a sense, re-enters time right. every time the mass is celebrated from way back then to now. To now, till the end. God of can do that time. whenever He wants. Right. So, <laughs> so when we celebrate the Mass, we are present at the Last Supper, mm-hmm. the Crucifixion, the Resurrection, and not as well, not as much emphasized, but nonetheless, the, the Church teaches at the Ascension. Mm-hmm. So we're present, and not just metaphorically, and not just on our imaginations. When we celebrate, and you can look at it either way, either we're present or it's present to us. It doesn't sure. matter. The point is that we are before Calvary. We're in the upper room. We're at the empty tomb. Those moments which saved us, the, the moments by which Jesus died, died and rose again for our sins so that we can enter into heaven and have the fullness of joy and happiness and peace and so on, um, are represented for us to participate in. Mm-hmm. Where did we get this idea? I assume from the early church fathers. <laughs> we got it from Jesus. Well, or that too. <laughs> but he was not, but, but in fact, this is just in line with a, a, an ancient Jewish practice, not of celebrating Jesus' sense. passion, death, and resurrection, right. but the idea that God's saving events would be somehow in a mysterious but real way liturgically represented for me mm-hmm. to participate in mm-hmm. is a very ancient biblical yeah. pedigree. Think of the Passover. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Yep. So what's the Passover? Uh, when the angel of death passed over the Israelites' homes that were marked with the lamb's blood. Where was this? In Egypt. When was this? A long time long, ago. Long, long time ago. <laughs> a long time before Jesus, even. 3,500 years ago-ish, like 15, yeah. 16, 17 BC, somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, Moses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then God does. So angel of death passes over, Passover. And what happened right after that, or as part of that, if you will? Uh, he freed them from slavery in right. Egypt. So God saved his people. Mm-hmm. So... From that, the Lord, through Moses, told the Israelites that, in in their case, an annual celebration, every year, I want you to celebrate that Passover meal, Mm -hmm. where you ate what? Uh, Bread. And? And the lamb. And, and would they drink? Uh, Wine of some sort, but I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. It was called something specific, but I can't remember. So, so bread, wine, and also unliving, um, uh, bitter herbs and so on. So they are to celebrate in in perpetuity, perpetuity, in perpetuity, forever, Mm -hmm. (laughs) as a perpetual memorial, Mm -hmm. the Passover. So up to today, since then. Up to today, and now there were some times in Israel history they sort of forgot, and then, oh my gosh, we've been not doing something the Lord asked us to do. But pretty much um, every year since 15, 1600 years before Jesus, mm-hmm. the Israelites, the Jewish people, celebrate the Passover meal. And, and, and the, the word there, it's a, it's a memorial sacrifice. Right. 
Um, they are remembering that meal where their ancient ancestors sacrificed a lamb, an unblemished, that is flawless lamb, mm-hmm. was sacrificed. Its blood spread. Yep. They ate its flesh, and God saves them. Right. As part of all this, so they when they when they celebrate the Passover, you hear about a Seder meal. That's a Passover mm-hmm. meal. Uh, and with the theology, and, and maybe the average Jewish person doesn't realize this, but the Jewish theology, the Jewish teaching remains uh, that that when they do so, they are present at the Exodus. Right. They are being saved from slavery in Egypt. This certainly was the, the Jewish belief at Jesus' time. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, it's still the Jewish belief today. Right. But in Jesus' time, they, they still believe that when we celebrate the Passover meal, we are participants in the Exodus. Yeah. So it would be natural for us now for that to be the same when Jesus, he was doing the same thing. Right. So what kind of a, the last supper, what kind of a meal was the last supper? It was a Seder meal, wasn't it? It was yeah. a Passover yeah. meal and there was bread. He said he took the bread. That's the Passover bread. Mm-hmm. And he and he had wine and he took the wine and blessed it. And gave. But he said different words here. But there was no lamb right. at the last supper. So the apostles are probably like, wait. What's going There's, on yeah. here? Not only is there no lamb, but he's also not saying the same prayers or or saying additional things. He, instead he's of changing yes. it. There's no lamb there. Where's the lamb? They're, they're, right. Without the Passover. They're, they're, so they was, clearly would have remembered that. There was a lamb yeah. present. Yeah. It's him. Yeah. This is my body. Eat. He tells them to take and eat. This is my body. Take and drink. This is my blood. So what Jesus does at the Last Supper is celebrate the first Mass, in which the Passover is taken to another level, Mm -hmm. where it's not just commemorating freedom from um, uh, literal physical slavery in Egypt. Now it's the celebration of freedom from the spiritual slavery of sin. Right. And so all those present, Jesus and his apostles, they're Jewish. So for the apostles going forward with Mary and all the other first disciples, they would have looked at the upper room and they were there. Those who were them Mm -hmm. were there would have recognized that this is, this was our Jewish Passover meal, but now it's been transformed, taken to another level and become something new where we're not commemorating the Exodus from Egypt, we're commemorating the exodus from sin. Right. So when you and I are at mass, we are present. We, the passion, death, resurrection, the last supper is represented for us. We get to participate in that. So even if, let's say, I completely forgot I walked into church sipping my coffee. I don't know why you're doing that, but... <laughs> The fact, or maybe maybe because of a serious sin, you can't receive communion this week. You get to confession, but it didn't happen yet. Whatever. Even if you don't receive communion, this is where I'm going. Even if you don't receive communion for some reason, mm-hmm. you're still present at the means by which Jesus Christ saved the world. Right. You're still present with Mary, his mother. With John, the beloved disciple. You're uh, at 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 the foot of the cross. You're present with. John and Peter and the other apostles at the upper room. You're present with the angels Angels and and nobody else at the resurrection. Mm -hmm. We are participants in those saving moments. Mm -hmm. So 
I know I keep you, you and Bill highlighted the fact that it keeps saying so. So, so now I'm very aware of it, but I don't care. It's a Bergwaldism, apparently. What more incredible thing is there than being at the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? If we truly understand as Christians, as and most of us get it here, but do we like right, get it? Right. If we if we truly understand the power and the importance of Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection, and then if we understood what Jesus said when he said at the Last Supper, do this in memory of me, where he's he's hearkening back to the ancient Hebrew idea of a liturgical memorial, a representation mm-hmm. of God's saving event. If we understood, therefore, that at the Mass, we're not just remembering, like, a, in a, imagine now, holding your mind's eye, the passionate, no, 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 that it's truly, yes, mysteriously, but it's truly happening. We're, the, the veil between heaven and earth is pulled away. Mm-hmm. We're participating in the, the heavenly liturgy and what happened 2,000 years ago, nearly. What more incredible, more interesting thing, to go back to the beginning (laughs) of the show, could there possibly be than the Mass? I can't think of one. I I think if we all really understood that, we'd probably walk in and just kneel. I mean, you'd just fall down on your knees the whole time. You know, there there have been saints, pre-saints in particular, I'm thinking of, who (laughs) their Masses would last for hours. (laughs) And I'm sure some of us were like... (laughs) <laughs> okay, Father, the Vikings game, Bears, yeah, really? Pack, whatever. We got the football game. Well, never mind. It's I'm over. Really I'm really hungry. Sorry. <laughs> but they were caught up literally in some cases in ecstasy mm-hmm. because they knew not just in their minds, but in all of their being what what was happening. Right. What they, together with the congregation, what they were participating in, what he as the priest was leading us in celebration of. Right. The representation, as you rightly said, of the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's one of the reasons we like to sit in front, because I like to be as close and, and be distracted as little as possible so I can feel like I'm uh, paying attention and taking part in what's right. going on. Right. And again, I want to emphasize, so we didn't, we haven't, and we don't have much time left. We haven't really talked a lot about the real presence, the truth that right. Jesus Christ is, you, you spoke to it earlier, he's truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity. But again, I, I wanted to highlight what happens at the Mass, even if for some reason I, I don't receive communion. Right. Even if I don't receive communion, the most amazing thing has just happened. Now, in a minute, it's to be topped off by, yes, the, 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 the opportunity that we all have, if we're in the state of grace as, as, as faithful Catholics, to receive, again, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. The living God, this is what we read about John chapter six, mm-hmm. as you talked about mm-hmm. earlier. The living God comes to dwell within me truly and really. Right. There is, no, we, we talk a lot and rightly so about having a real relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And this relationship is so close that he literally gives me, and he's not dead, right? It's not just like part of him. He's giving all of himself to me to dwell in me, at least for a little while, body, blood, and soul, and divinity. What more incredible thing, those two, apart from everything else, the mass, the readings, the prayers, 
the, it's the presentation of, of the passion, death, and resurrection, and then communion. What an amazing gift yeah. we have in the Mass. Yeah. I often think about when I'm sitting in Mass that the angels are there, the all, the saints, your, your family who's in heaven now, like they're all doing this Mass with you. And, Amen. And they're with you. It's all happening in heaven too. So whenever I think about that, it's like, you just picture this big crowd. It's a bigger crowd than what's there. It's an there. awesome thing. And we're <laughs> done with the show for now. We'll see you next time. May God bless you. <laughs>